from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, November 6, 2015, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Bright Peak Financial, who empowers young Christian families to become stronger financially so they can live with generosity and make a difference in the world. Uh, they created the Simple Living Challenge, a 14-day free program to help you cut down on life's clutter, creating more balance, freedom, and joy in your life. Each day of the challenge, you'll receive tips and activities delivered to your inbox. Just visit brightpeakfinancial.com slash simple living to uh, sign up for the 14-day simple living challenge. Uh, there you go. That's cool. It's very cool yeah, stuff. Awesome. Well, uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studio on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich. Present. And from the 70-degree tundra of Chicago, Illinois, <laughs> Shauna Nequist. Good morning. Uh, this It's great. To, this is that, that mix of people that we had a few weeks ago. This, this is only the second time we've ever had this crew. Eddie is uh, home on uh, kid duty, I think. Yep. Apparently, you can't leave kids by themselves. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Jesse. Appar- apparently, you're talking about the law department yeah. that looks down <laughs> on child neglect. I don't know where they're coming up with these things. Uh, this is, a, how, how are you guys doing? Uh, this is the recovery week after Halloween. Did you guys have fun Halloweens? We did, absolutely. What'd you do? Well, we had a big party. Uh, it was uh, 45 degrees and uh, driving freezing rain. Uh, so nobody wanted to go trick or treating. So everyone just came to our house and just like walked around taking other people's candy. And like, I know you had like a fancy grown up party. I had like a, like I was basically running like a kinder care uh, yeah. at a certain point. Someone was like, Hey, I found this pizza piece of pizza on an iPad. Like it was just, it was like a, like just children in bedraggled wet costumes with handfuls of candy everywhere. How long does it take you for your house to actually recover after something like that? Because yeah, I had a party yeah. too and it, it takes days after the fact, but I can't yeah. imagine like what children would be doing. The great thing about it though is um, it, you only have to think like three feet and under, right? Whatever damage they did <laughs> is like between three feet and the ground. You know, like when you have a grown up party, you're like, why is there still a wine glass up in the top of my bookshelves? But with kid parties, it's just like cleaning pizza off of coffee tables. That's really all they can ha- all they can touch. Like, so, who's yeah. this guy sleeping under my bed in a Phantom of the Opera mask three days later? Speaking of that, one of the funniest things. So my brother, who you know many of you know, he's not really a costume guy, but he came sure as a um, lobster hunter, and it involved him wearing a tiny little shorty wetsuit. He had in his mind a plan of wearing like a long wetsuit that fit him like a grown person, but the only one he could find was someone else's and it was short. Mm -hmm. So he was super embarrassed all night long wearing this tiny little shorty wetsuit. And then at a certain point, like early, like at 6.45, I happened to walk by Mac's room. He's four. 
And I'm like, what's happening in there? Oh, it's my brother curled up asleep in his shorty wetsuit in Mac's bed. I have a question about your brother's decision there. When the day of, not the bed part, but the day of happens and the the plan you have for your costume, clearly, uh uh-oh, it's not available. At what point do you just like put on little shorty shorts where you are embarrassed all night? I would just like come up with a different costume. Yeah, you or, don't like, have to go. You don't have to. It. That's what I'm saying. Three hole punch gym is right. always an option. Like you can always take the 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 lame way out right. if you want to, or, or just it. wear a suit and say I'm a I'm a lawyer. No, 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 no. See, that, oh, that's what I would do because I'm married. Right. right. You know, and right. like if let's say Aaron and I had like costumes where we're supposed to be like matching some things, and if I didn't like mine, I'd be like whatever. You know. Yeah. Sure. However, this is, I don't want to tell too much about his personal life, but imagine if you're dating a girl and you really like her sure. and your costume goes together. Oh, oh yeah. she's a lobster. Uh-huh. She was the lobster. She was the lobster. Oh, okay. he, was, he was pursuing her. Somebody was right. committed. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, Good for him. Well. <laughs> I dressed up as a dad who sucks at making stuff. <laughs> did, you do the garbage, did you do the garbage can thing? I son? did, man. My, my my kid loves like garbage men and recycling. Like re- garbage day is Christmas morning once a week. Like he <laughs> loves it. Like this morning, you know, we went on the front porch and the garbage man came and Noah is clapping and jumping and cheering. He just loves it. <laughs> so we we decided to to let him dress up as like a re- he likes recycle better than garbage. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, he wanted to be a recycle man. And so I initially had this grand vision of converting a skateboard that I had into a garbage truck. And I was looking, I, I like cut up some cardboard and I duct taped it together and it looked terrible. You could even tell, you, you would have no idea what I was even going for. It, it looked like I was using the skateboard to transport a bunch of garbage down to the curb. Did you spray paint it green or anything? I mean, did you at least draw truck stuff on it? Well, well, here's what happened. Like, I was, you know, Dana came home and graciously, no, yeah. you know, showed me pictures on Pinterest of what these are supposed to look like from people that have converted, like, wagons and things to garbage trucks. So she's like, listen, why don't we just take this little toy shopping cart he has? It's like a little plastic mini shopping cart just make that a recycle bin all it is is four sides you know what i mean it's just it's 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 a vertical rectangle on wheels all you have to do is cut four panels tape it and spray paint it and it still looked terrible Barely <laughs> it looked like he was just pushing around like i said uh, scraps of cardboard with wheels on yeah. they were like why can't he have a costume why does he have to carry around trash even on halloween <laughs> what were people's reactions to him well i mean you know he can't really explain i mean he, he can but you know he's he was kind of in the moment so he can't when people ask him what are you supposed oh. to be he's just looking at the candy you know i'm like he's a recycle man so just shut up <laughs> he's like that he's like no no, no i don't want your snickers bar Give me your cans. Give me your cans. <laughs> simple transaction. He says trick or treat. You give him the candy. You don't have to give every kid the third degree about why their costume <laughs> is or isn't really cool. Oh my gosh. Well, we had a garage sale. We were just going to go for the day during on Saturday. And then we were like, well, let's just stay open for the trick or treaters. So we had, we were hoping then maybe their parents would buy some stuff. It didn't work. Um, but so that's what we did on Halloween was tried to make money. But then last night, I literally had nightmare from elm street or whatever that movie is um i i literally almost got murdered last night wait when you say literally almost got murdered do you mean literally almost got murdered yep (laughs) (laughs) what what happened i can't tell i can't tell how lighthearted this is because (laughs) almost murder doesn't seem like something we should be laughing at. no you guys can no truly 
Uh, you know how like when you're selling stuff on Craigslist, like whenever I sell something, I go down the block to my coffee shop. They let me like bring in my junk and then interact with a stranger because you're not supposed to just like be at home by yourself. Right. right. Sure. So I'll have a friend come over or I'll go to the coffee shop. Well, last night I wanted to go look at this couch and uh, it, it said that it was like 25 minutes away, which I just figured was like the suburbs, you know, lit up streets and whatnot. Sure. And so Matt was out of town and I had uh this friend Mariah come with me, which she's small in stature. So what's she going to do? But she came with me and we get out to this, like all, we're driving, we're driving and it's like pitch black. And I'm already like, Joy, you could turn around. Like I'm trying to listen to like my, you know, red flags. You could turn around. You don't have to do this. But I'm like, they know I've texted them. They know that I'm coming. It's pitch black. We finally get to this random back road. That's like on this street where there's just really weird houses like there's a huge massive like gaudy looking like mansion Mm -hmm. and then there's like these smaller kind of podunk houses and we pull into this like long driveway that has like two like stone lions and then like a pole barn with like car parts and like all this stuff and I'm just feeling I'm like this is really weird this is really weird you can turn around and for some reason I just kept going And then we like get out of the car and it's like this young guy and I try to kind of make a joke. Like I'm like, whoa, this is out there. Uh And he like doesn't match my like he doesn't like he's just like, hello. And I'm like, okay, we're dead. Like I'm already like, (laughs) we're just we're dead. It's over. And I'm like just triggering in my head. I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So but it's in the the couch is in the garage. The garage is lit up. But everything else, you know, like once you're in the garage, you can't see what's outside. And so I'm already like a little bit nervous. My heart's pounding. But I'm like, okay, just like your car's right there. You can run, get in it, except for all of a sudden out of the dark, a like 50 year old man steps into the garage. So now we're like, we're like either side, there's these two large men. And I'm like, I, I'm just like, I, I, I literally start shaking, but I was like, Oh, hello. And the other guy isn't like, Oh yeah, this is so-and-so says nothing. (laughs) And it's just like, I'm like, so are you here to look at the couch too? And he goes, no. He, he was there to help you load it, right? No. I said I was coming to look at the couch. No, oh, I said look. we wouldn't have a truck until the weekend. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So so what happened? So I'm like, so are you here to look at the couch? And then he goes, uh, no. And then he, he kind of like, it. I, they're not, they weren't from America. So their English was kind of like, he was like, uh, I live here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and they're just like, there wasn't like a levity to them at all. And so then I just was like, okay, I need to have a last note. Like if I make a phone call, uh, there'll be a last known location. So I just pull out my phone and I'm like, can you guys get a measuring tape? And the guy was like, I put the measurements on the Craigslist ad. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to check again. And I just start taking pictures of them. So I'm like taking pictures of the couch with them in it that they can see. I'm calling Matt. He's not answering. But I'm like, at least they're seeing that I'm like doing stuff. And then we were like, Okay, well, uh, we you know we're. I will let you know by the end of the weekend, and we just like bolted. And the, oh, and the old guy had his hand in his pocket, and it like looked like there was something in his pocket. Joy, really, so. can, can I can I be brutally honest with you? Yeah, <laughs> I 
I don't mean this to sound dismissive. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you oversold it a minute, a a little bit, because that doesn't sound like almost murder to me. That sounds like a transaction that almost transpired. Here's my theory. Here's my theory about Craigslist transactions that go wrong. All right. Okay. It's always the person. That thinks they're going to get murdered. That ends up acting super creepy and making the other person think they're going to get murdered. Those guys right now are on a podcast. They were like, you guys, the weirdest girl came to my house. <laughs> yeah, he's telling the story. He's like, so anyway, she gets there. We talked about buying this couch. I brought my friend over in case she wanted to take it right then. Then she started asking for measurements that were clearly on Craigslist. Here's the weird thing. She started looking at me and taking pictures and wondering why I didn't speak English. It was super weird. And then they just awkwardly drove away. Like I had a friend, I had a friend who found a Craigslist ad for an old Nintendo game that he wanted. He likes playing old Nintendo games. And he agreed on the price with the guy, like 15 bucks or whatever. So he's getting ready to go over there. And suddenly, Joy, he has your, your, your same thought that all of this... This sale that's clearly online that has my address on it that police could track, you know, that this sale of of a of a fifteen dollar Nintendo game is clearly a ploy to bring me to his house to murder me. <laughs> so he ends up on this way out the door, panicking, and grabs a steak knife. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. So should've. now all of a sudden, let me ask you who the psycho murderer is. <laughs> <laughs> the person that put something on Craigslist gave you their home address. Okay, so you know where they live and had said item available for you to look at in their home or the person who went to someone else's house with a steak knife. <laughs> no, no. You, you, you all know that I'm a terrible tor- storyteller, and I kid you not, this was my sixth sense or whatever it is. It truly was going off. Like, it was so... You talk about, like, you're just in a garage, and all of a sudden, a man out of nowhere, not explaining himself, who has his hand in his pocket... I just with- feel like reverse. Like, back up the whole story. Yeah. Buy a couch at Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you driving into the woods with your little female friend thinking it's not going to be like that? Joy, I have a question. Here's my serious question. What were you expecting? Like, because the the element of the story that you're acting like is really sketchy here. Yeah. Is that a person was there. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) the item was in an enclosed garage. Yeah. And then another person who lives at the home was came, also came to visit and see and make sure that you everything was okay. But they did. You don't understand. They like weren't saying anything because they don't speak English as their first language. I can't express to you how creepy it was. There was like ten cars in the driveway. You know what? Think about this. Like Craigslist was the first kind of stranger interaction technology thing. And think about it. like people like we you have to meet in a very public place to look at the watch or whatever it was. You'd have to meet at Starbucks or all this secrecy. And now we will willingly like use an app and then get into the car of a stranger to hopefully take us wherever they, they said they will. And we let strangers live in our homes or come visit in the Airbnb. And like, and we're fine with that. Like the whole like Craigslist crazy. Like now we're just like hopping in strangers cars, letting them come sleep in our beds. And like, it's so strange to me, like how things are sh- shifting so fast. Well, you know? Cameron, can I give you a little, a little pro tip here? All right. Pro tip. 
Whenever I get into an Uber, I have a steak knife <laughs> in the back seat, and he doesn't know, but I'm I'm pointing it directly at the headrest, so I can reach over, do what I need to do. Should he take a wrong turn or something fishy happen? One time, I I, I gouged a guy right here in the cheek uh, because he pulled up a couple addresses short of mine. I thought he might be up to something. It was awkward. I uh, I was gonna tip, but they didn't let you do it on the app, so yeah. I just kind of got out of there. But uh, yeah. he's out there. Well, I'm saying is there's a lot of crazies out there. <laughs> yeah, Joy, I don't think you were you were murdered. When you texted no, this I, morning and said I almost got murdered last night, I thought, oh good. Because I was wanting oh, to Oh great. I was wanting, oh, oh no, oh good. This is good. This is gonna be good material because we will we'll probably be talking about Halloween, you know, people wearing masks and you know, yeah, and, and like Shauna and I inviting people in masks into our homes and there who knows? You don't know who's behind those masks. There could be a murderer in your own home because you're throwing a Halloween party. Oh, there's going to be a perfect segue. She's going to latch onto it, tell us her terrifying story of what was being murdered. And it turns out to just be no, a couple guys Karen, who were selling a, a couch. Can, you can bully me all you want, but I will tell <laughs> you, is, I have I, intuition and I know that it was not a good situation. And most most murders happen in garages. So I rest my case. I almost was murdered. <laughs> here's, here's my pro tip for you. As soon as you get there, like, you know, there's no pleasantries, there's no nothing. You just say, I just want to let you know, a lot of people know exactly where I am. And if anything goes wrong w- with this transaction, I will come down and burn your house down. <laughs> <laughs> I might not because I'm yeah. dead, but my friends so, will. All, all I'm saying is, at the end of this, your house is getting burned down. Well, where's that couch? I'd love to check. It's a pull out. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we have a special in-studio performance by Matt Marr and John Guerra. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. The songs are beautiful, thought-provoking. Uh, great performance. Yeah, really, excited, really great. Excited about that. Yeah. Um, also, we speak with author Sarah Bessie about her new book, Out of Sorts. That's coming up it's later. It's so good. It's such a good book. Oh, hey, before before we move the show along and do, uh, in case you missed it, I, a little, a little, uh, I need to do a little brag in here. A little, little brag. I had a Halloween party, third year in a row, had a Halloween party on Sweet Halloween night. Sweet brag. And uh, there was a costume contest. Everybody came, mm-hmm. costumes, a couple hundred people came. And there were four categories. And Mr. Uh, Jeremiah Dunlap was voted the winner of two of them. Yeah. <gasps> so mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I killed it. He, he came, <laughs> he came as the old man from Up. Yeah. So he's dressed as the old man from up, built himself a cardboard house. Jesse, he can send you tips. <laughs> wore, wore the cardboard house the entire night, and the cardboard house, of course, had balloons on them. He wore it socializing. He wore it dancing. Mm-hmm. He wore this house. He was raising the roof all night long. <laughs> like, literally was in character. Literally raising the roof. His yeah. wife, his wife Mindy, was the old man's dead wife. So so it was like she was dressed up like an old lady, old lady buns, and then she had like dead person makeup on. It was the creepiest. It was dark. It was so great. That is so good. So she was like the zombie wife. Not zombie. Not zombie. Just just the kind of gray and black corpse. 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 She was the old lady corpse, and he was the old man from up in the house with the balloons on all night. And fun fact: my box was my tufted needle box from the mattress that I just bought. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, do you like it? I love it. I flipped it inside out, flipped the box inside out, and then zip tied it and painted it. Can I just say though that your whole concept dramatically changes the plot of Up? Like oh, it goes yeah. from like an adorable like story of adventure about grief yeah. until this creep ball is keeping the corpse of his wife in the house. <laughs> like, get out of there! about to get murdered, dude. This guy's got the the wife corpse sticking around. Get out of there, kid! 
you don't need the merit badge. <laughs> I, th- I think my favorite thing about the the Halloween party and the people who come to it is, is the creativity of the costumes. There are some good every ones. year. Yeah. I had to. I had to actually. I tied for most. I got most creative. Right. And best overall costume. And right. I actually got, I had a tie for the best overall costume, and I had to have a dance-off with another he person. He did have to have a dance-off. Uh, one of the girls uh, came as the Mad Hatter, and it was one of the most elaborate- Really fantastic. Cost. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And so they had a tie. They dan- They did a dance-off, and Jeremiah uh, took the dance-off to another level. It was to Hotline Bling. Mm-hmm. By doing the worm in the house. No. Wearing yeah. the house. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Did you put your arms out the window? Yes. My plan was, because my arms are already stuck out. I made myself armholes and a window for my face. And my yeah. plan was, all right, I'm going to go down to do the worm, bust out of this box, and then break dance on top of this cardboard like they did in the 90s. Wow. But the, <laughs> I made it so hardcore that it didn't break. Yeah. And I just did so, the worm. So the house is just going, doo, 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 like this on the floor. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. It was really good. Jesse, as you hear Jeremiah describe his costume, if someone gave you a tough a needle box right now how long do you think it would take you to make that oh, it, it, it would be it would be days and days of me in my backyard i would be cut up with a box cutter i would be mad i would destroy it and it would here's how it would end with me looking on craigslist for someone that is selling a tiny up house made from a tuft and needle box and probably me stabbing them with a steak knife and then burning the house. Cameron, what were you? Um, well, Cameron, a was few great. a few weeks ago, uh, local news item: there was a, a river, uh, Wakiva River, where um, an alligator bit a swimmer's arm off. This is dark. So this is darker than mine. I acquired a just a kind of pajama style onesie alligator outfit, and I walked around with a severed arm all night. <laughs> and so I was the specific alligator from yeah. the local news item. Yeah. yeah. Well, because here's the thing with that: like, I have no problem going edgy and going current. <laughs> you, you guys should know that about me like i saw in my neighborhood this isn't a neighborhood this was not a party this was parents walking around with a kid and the mom was a dentist and the dad was cecil like and yeah. i gave him props for it yeah, right? yeah. good yeah. for but camera somebody lost a limb here not only that someone in your own neighbor in your own community <laughs> <laughs> i know and, and i was walking around you know uh trick-or-treating with cohen and uh people were like oh who are you and i would say the, the news item and they're like oh wow yeah, <laughs> like oh someone's like oh i know, wow. I know. that's my Ooh. cousin man right really? yeah. that inspired yeah. a halloween costume next huh? year are you just gonna be me murdered on a white couch <laughs> <laughs> no i'll be i'll be the craigslist salesman with a steak knife hand uh, in your who, pocket who murdered you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's, it's time for our weekly look at uh, what happened in entertainment and culture. It's time for... In case you missed it. Uh, got a few interesting items this week. Uh, it's only been a few weeks, well, maybe a month or two, since Trevor Noah took over on The Daily Show. But former host John Stewart is already coming back to TV. Uh, the longtime Comedy Central personality just inked a four-year deal with HBO to create new, quote, short-form digital content, Uh, though few other details were announced. Uh, Stewart said this in a statement, appearing on television 22 minutes a night clearly broke me. I'm pretty sure I can produce a few minutes of content every now and again. Uh, But the deal, interestingly, uh, does leave open the possibility of Stewart uh, making uh, new TV and uh, movie projects with HBO. So Cool. Um, let's see. Taylor Swift uh, made the news again this week, but Always. but but it's got a little Christian Christian music uh, twist. Oh. Uh, this week she tweeted about for King and Country, the the worship yeah, yeah, band yeah. that's kind of folk inspired. They got a, t- a shout out on uh, Twitter this week because uh, Taylor Swift's called the band's version of her single "Out of the Woods" quote one of my favorite 
covers I've heard. Uh, and considering oh. Ryan Adams just did a whole covers album, yeah. and she's calling out uh, for King and Country, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, here's a clip of the cover. This is for King and Country, uh, Out of the Woods. This is the song you should have been playing as you're escaping your Craigslist yeah. encounter. Seriously. <laughs> Mariah and I are just peeling out. Out uh, of the woods. Crying tears down your face. And, yeah. We're alive, we're alive, we're alive now. <laughs> uh, yet another franchise reboot is in the works. This one is interesting. Hunger Games director Gary Ross is set to make a new version of the early 2000s heist comedy, uh, which was based on the 1960s Rat Pack version. Uh, version oceans 11 here's the twist the new iteration of the caper series will star an all-female cast Whoa. led by sandra bullock that's awesome Ooh, I like that. she'll be playing all 11 that that, <laughs> that movie she did the cop one with uh, uh melissa mccarthy the heat, yeah. bullock, was really funny i it watched it on funny. a plane the other day it was awesome so maybe if it's like that uh both uh, george clooney and the director steven soderbergh is wanting oh. to also produce man that'll so, be cool yeah. yeah yeah so it'll be in the same vein as the, the the other oceans 11 franchise which was a really good franchise except for the third one the yeah. first the first two are really good yeah they're awesome yeah they hold up that's always the case right yeah. You, that that yeah. third one's always terrible. Oh, you know, you know another trilogy? The Dark Knight trilogy. First two, sweet. The third one, so many plot holes. Yeah. Yeah, the third one. Yeah, where he magically gets yeah, there's too many plot holes. You're yeah, right. but the first two are great. Yeah. So But but the third one does have that character He's like you know, his his voice is all crazy. You adopted the dark. <laughs> I was born into it. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. That was really good. Was that a clip? Hold on, wait for it. Now's not the time for fear. That comes later. You're going Connery. You're going it's Con- very Connery. You're going Connery. It's very Connery. You drifted. Jeremiah, say, use the Bane voice and say, I am the last one. I am the last one. Can you say, <laughs> you're the man now, dog? <laughs> this is so stupid. Okay. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Bane is Sean Connery. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How, now has no one thought of this? I'm sure the third Fast and Furious was really good. I think Fast and Furious 3 was Tokyo Drift. If it was, that <laughs> was the best one. Nice, Cameron. Cameron, can I just say you're the only person who thinks Tokyo Drift I even love belongs Tokyo in Drift. the franchise, much less is the I hated one. 7 and love Tokyo Drift. Are you serious? You like Tokyo Drift? Oh, I loved it. Oh. Hey, I saw Tokyo Drift three times in the theater. That guy's accent is so bad. It's worse than the Bane Sean Connery voice. But when I drive home from watching Tokyo Drift, I try to drift <laughs> and like around the so, corner. So the drifting is really what sold it for you. It was That's awesome. That's why you went three times to the theater, just so you could be inspired for the drive home. Trying to get the technique. <laughs> Jesse's beside himself right now. I'm just saying, I've never, like, like I said, some people don't even want Tokyo Drift considered part of the catalog because it's like a different cast. It's like a different premise. It's just taking the name and applying it mm-hmm. to like a separate 
movie that brilliantly, just happened to be brilliantly applying it wow. to a separate movie. <laughs> this is the most surprising thing that I've ever known about. I love it. Tokyo Joe. The only movie I went and saw in the theater three times was Independence Day. Why? And That's... it was well worth it. Oh, in, end of the world. You got to be prepared, just like you wanting to be prepared to now, drift. Tokyo <laughs> Drift. I, well, I didn't mean to see it three times in the theater. It was one of those right. situations where you go to see it because you're going to see it the one time. Sure. And yeah. then me and my brother. Next time you're like, why am I in this theater? How did I get here? <laughs> a couple of weeks later, me and my brother are hanging out and we're like, I don't know, let's see a movie. And we go, th- there's nothing playing. He hadn't seen Tokyo Drift yet. I was like, it's good. I'll yeah. see it again with you if you want to see it. So we saw it for my brother. Sure. And then the third time was like, we were on like a, a cruise or something. No, no, no. It was like in the theater. I don't remember, I don't remember the third yeah, situation. Yeah, your mom was like, I gotta see but this But I remember the second one where I broke the barrier of seeing the same movie twice in the theater sure. was kind of out of obligation for my brother. You're, you're on the cruise and they're like, uh, you can go to the east deck and watch whales coming out of the water or you can go down below and watch Tokyo Drift for the third time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no question. Not even, a, not even a question. All right, well, that'll do it for... In case you missed it. It's time for entertainment releases. There's some good albums coming out on Friday, yeah. November 13th. Alicia Cara is coming out with Know It All. Alicia Cara is, uh, we played a song called mm-hmm. Here on the podcast, like, I don't know, like two, three, four months ago. And people would like tweet about it. Yeah. Like, what was that song? And now she's got a couple more singles and finally the album's coming out and it's it's great. CeeLo Green is coming out with a new album called Heart Blanche. Oh, I get Not it. Not carte blanche. Nice. Heart oh. blanche. I get yeah, jokes. Yeah. Cutlass is still making music. The one with the K. Oh, Cutlass. Cool. It's coming out with Surrender. Uh, cool with a K. Yeah, Philip LaRue. Not with a K. Philip LaRue uh, is a oh, yeah. singer-songwriter. He was... Us and Our Daughters? Uh, Us and Our Daughters. Famously, prior to that, back in the late 90s, in early 2000s, he went and his sister Natalie were the Christian pop group LaRue. Aren't you friends oh. with them or something? Yeah, I know the one. I live in Nashville. Mm. Uh, awesome. He's coming out with you. Um, Justin Bieber is coming out with Purpose. Finally. I'm yes. ready for that one. And Mute Math. Hey, they're back. Yep. Mute Math is coming out with Vitals. Uh, the first single looked promising. We yeah. haven't, I haven't heard any more than There's that. But two more out. They're awesome. Uh, movies coming out on the same day, Friday, November 13th. Oh, Eddie's not here. The 33. The 33 oh, is yeah, coming out. Yeah, he's not here on it's, purpose. It's a biopic heroic of, about, miners. about the heroic Chilean miners. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, also coming out, Love the Coopers. Uh, four generations of the Cooper clan come together for their annual Christmas Eve celebration. Yay. It's uh, Ed Helms, John Goodman, Olivia Wilde, Diane Keaton, Whoa. all that. You know, it's holiday <laughs> okay. season. Those ensemble like movies. Kinda. They're trying to make classics that no one's going to care about. I don't know. I like these little indie flick kind of like holiday parties. Oh, is it an indie one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just saw all those Ed big Helms names. is in it. I yeah. mean, he does indie stuff. Will it have the little Sundance leaves on it? Then I know I'll like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases in case you missed it. And Joy's Almost Murdered update. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Slices.
You're listening to Royal Canoe. Uh, the song is Bathtubs. You know what would have helped that lady who got her arm bit off? A royal canoe. Or a bathtub. Or any canoe. Yeah. Or a bathtub. Just swim in a bathtub. Who, you know who thinks that joke is funny? The lady who got her arm bit off. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Spring King with Who Are You? Spring King. I really like this this group. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. It's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, it's, Cameron, it's funny that you mentioned how much you enjoy quality holiday movies. Uh, it is a, f- a fitting transition for this because Wes Anderson was just at the Rome Film Festival and he talked about two types of genre films that he would actually like to make in the very near future. Um, we talked about a couple weeks ago how he's already in production of his latest movie, which is a stop motion uh, animated film about dogs, which seems like a bit of a creative, an interesting creative choice. I mean, he did the fantastic, he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was stop motion and sort of uh, based on a canine. Um, Um, But he talked about how the two types of movies that he would like to make, maybe next, is he wants to do a horror movie and a Christmas movie. Together? Like as one movie? No, separately. I can't imagine the Wes Anderson, a horror movie and the Wes Anderson motif. Well, well, Cameron, I'm (laughs) glad you said that. Uh, because I want to I want to read his quotes about it real quick. But first, this isn't the first time someone's conceived of, uh, of what a Wes Anderson horror movie uh, would look like. Uh, you may remember uh, last year, SNL did an extremely underrated uh, skit about w- what a Wes Anderson horror movie would look and sound like. Um, Cameron, can we play a clip from that? Sure. In theaters this Halloween... Comes a new vision of horror like you've never seen before. From the twisted mind of Wes Anderson, it's the midnight coterie of sinister intruders. <laughs> Owen Wilson as a man in danger. Wow, what the heck? There's a bunch of crazy people standing in our yard. Hey, hon, I think we're about to get murdered. And his terrified wife, Gwyneth Paltrow. You don't say. Well, I'm on my way. In the face of unspeakable evil. Yeah, look at them all. There's a guy with a meat cleaver and an old record player. One's carrying a falcon. They're twins in matching track suits. Hey, look at that. Why, that's Danny Glover. Hello. A tale of handmade horror. Hey, they've sent us some kind of communique. Dear homeowner, can we kill you? The murderers. Dear murderers, no, you may not. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I know it sounds weird that Wes Anderson doing a horror movie, but can't remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about horror movies around Halloween time, and you said that, you know, the difference between like a horror movie and a good psychological thriller is really it comes down to filmmaking and not what is shown on screen right. but what is implied off screen uh, Wes Anderson agreed he said when you make a horror thriller you say you're supposed to be scared here or you're supposed to be relieved here and uh, here we're trying to e- explain something so uh, you know what the next part is so that you'll be scared there so he's talking a little bit about as a filmmaker and the craftsmanship sort of like what you were saying Cameron that it's more about the implied terror than the actual terror that would be shown on screen I I think Wes Anderson would make a great and very weird horror movie, even if it ended up like the Saturday Night Live skin. (laughs) Even if he botched it and it's unintentionally funny, it would still be more entertaining than most things in the theaters. I feel like he's going to kind of, I mean, I feel like it will be a combination of funny and scary. 
intentionally, don't you think? I I think I don't think he's capable of doing stuff that's not doesn't have like dry wit and humor to it. Right. Th- there, there's a lot of tinges of darkness to a lot of his movies, mm-hmm. but it's never. I mean, and and the um. Uh, his last one, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, had a scary scene, that, yeah. that chase scene, which was awesome. Uh, that yeah. that camera really likes because it involves someone losing appendages. <laughs> right. You know what? I'm inspired for next Halloween. I, I wait till the last minute to come up with ideas. Yeah. I need to write these down. Now Jeff Goldblum. That could be my thing. <laughs> Every year is is something related to a lost appendage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got a theme going. <laughs> Amputees. Everybody uh, said his, his motivations for the Christmas movie were kind of above it. They were a little bit more commercial. He said the good thing if you do a Christmas movie and you make a good one, just as Charles Dickens showed, you can make a huge fortune because they come back and people watch them every year, oh, which bummer. is totally true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched, I watched, it was like Four Christmases. What was that one with uh, Jack Black and, um, the, and holiday. the Holiday? The Holiday. I watch yeah. that every I love year. That one. Right. I mean, it's like you just, you just watch these things. TBS late at night. Love Actually, I the, love that one. The TV version of Love Actually, you guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a point. I mean, if you make a good Christmas movie, some cable network's going to pay you money every year to yeah, show it. And that is true. if it's a Wes Anderson movie, that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. But again, as just an exercise of filmmaking, he's the one guy that I want to see do things that are totally outside of his range, just yeah, see how they'd come out. Totally. I agree. Yeah. I think he probably even knows that about himself. He can do another quirky, nostalgic yeah, you know, exactly. kind of heartwarming comedy thing with deadpan emotions and British invasion music. Yeah. yeah, and then, but I like this. He's he's aware of what he's become, and he's going to like hopefully intentionally swerve. I yeah. like yeah. it. Um, all right, what do you have, Joy? Um, all right, well, so I'm going to ask you guys. Growing up in kindergarten, um, when you guys would get your homework back, what would your teachers? put on your your homework or your projects I've, i feel like i'm gonna get a lot of jokes thrown at me right now <laughs> like, to, to, to grade it. yeah yeah jeremiah you can just go take a coffee break okay. um yeah you get like a little rainbow sticker a star a heart i like shauna's answer okay same thing let's say eddie you know gets his first broadway musical and the critics are you know they're they're rating it how are they gonna rate it one star so, so like one out of five stars yeah i think me fly yeah eddie's broadway would be one, half point <laughs> five star out of of three points right out of a star um basically if you were in kindergarten or you did a broadway musical and someone was like we're gonna give you four hearts that would be that would probably have messed all of us up right four hearts like hearts yeah well that's what twitter is doing to us twitter has changed from letting us favorite something with a star to hearts like they're trying to be like I mean, Twitter is like known for being like a news thing. And now you heart something as opposed to like favorite or star it. It's called like. It's a like button. They're changing it from a favorite button to a like button. Yeah. And from the image of a star to a heart. That right. doesn't translate which, to Twitter. Which is, fu- is the Facebook button. It's Instagram. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's different. That's like a personal, like, hey, this is my picture of my family, or hey, I'm, you know, like sad today, and then someone like thumbs up it or hearts it. But Twitter <laughs> is known for being like news. Like if you just heard, like read the best article in the New Yorker and they tweeted it, would you? But it was about ISIS or something. Would you heart it or want to star it? I don't tweet news. I tweet like funny gifs. And uh, I, I see what Joy's saying is that yeah. there's an issue with the convention of liking. Well, and Facebook is changing that. 
now. Yeah, aren't Facebook's they? changing it, but I mean Instagram and and Twitter. You, but still, if you tweet something, you want people to respond and, and let them know if they liked what you tweeted. And so, a like button is better than favorite. I, I would just, say, like, I would say to your tweet, Jeremiah, yeah. I like it. It's yeah. not my favorite, but I like it. Right now, maybe that's a, that's a personal interaction. <laughs> but I really believe, like, Twitter's already tanking, and I feel like they all of a sudden they're like grasping at straws. I feel like uh, they were kind of known for being maybe like this news things, pe- things that start revolutions in countries and now you're just you're making love you're like <laughs> you're messing with love how dare you make love twitter but 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 i think the the convention of you know this is your you're favoriting something you know they kind of explained in the press release you can only have one favorite so the, 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 we needed to move away from the convention. But I see where you're coming at, Joy, because I don't necessarily, and this is why Facebook is moving away from likes, and I think it's probably a miscalculation on Twitter to do only likes, is some some of my reaction to when I see a tweet isn't necessarily to like something if I want to call attention to it. Right. Like I think there has to be some middle ground that isn't necessarily positive. It's not to like throw shade on somebody's joke that doesn't land on Twitter. But like you said, if there's something that someone tweets that the appropriate response isn't to like it, but to call attention to it in another way that other than retweeting, I do think that there's probably room for other uh, you know, conventions other than just retweeting and, and, you know, liking with a heart. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole, the whole point of like the star was oftentimes like if you were having a Twitter conversation or something, it's like, Hey, I'm starring this. I heard what you said. Let's, you know, we wrap up this conversation or just kind of like a acknowledgement of like, I saw it. Whereas heart gives a connotation that you like there's some emotional level behind it and i just yeah. don't think that's Twitter. i think for I me agree. the only thing that i i am not wild about is that it's exactly the same like hmm who uses a little red heart let me think let me think oh instagram like yeah. it just yeah. seems exactly. so had they moved from the favorite and the star to something else entirely but yeah. for whatever reason, because you can only have one favorite, that's totally fine. But the fact that it's the exact same symbol yeah, that's just so specifically on Instagram just feels like creatively. I feel like there's got to be another thing. Yeah. yeah. Like make a little eye winking or a, a wing a flapping. Up, I don't or, know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, if you tweeted something, I would not respond with a little winky eye. Just <laughs> no, no, but I, I do. I have like an underlying theory about it. Is like a lot of social media is going is is going negative. Like people use it as a way that they don't have to be accountable for, or even people that do are accountable. There's just a lot of negativity on social media. Like it, you know, I think it breeds this sort of boldness to say things you normally wouldn't say out loud or in somebody's face. And I feel like a lot of these big platforms are trying to figure out ways to turn the perception of negative conversations into positive. And I think that's why they only want to put features in that emphasize positive elements of conversations and like that, hearts but that's and why liking. I think that's why I think a star is fine. Like that's why I feel like this is some type of like grasping at straws to get attention because Twitter's not doing well or something because a star, like that's the same thing. Like a teacher gives you a star or like a rating is a star. That seems normal. That's like peer to peer. Whereas a heart is like has some level of affection with it. And I just don't think Twitter needs to try to do that. Like, I think Twitter should continue to market itself as like a disseminator of like content. Information, like a replacement for the postal service. Exactly. You do not like emotion. Joy Egridge does not like emotion. I don't want you to heart my Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) 
Some, someone, someone tweeted, they go, Twitter's acting like they invented the heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Shauna, what do you have? Uh, so this, interestingly enough, connects to a lot of different parts of our earlier conversations. So just wait for it for a second. But so imagine it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. You've been at a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly you have been having a really good time. Maybe someone overserved you. Mm, I mean, sure. it happens sometimes on big holidays. <laughs> on accidents. Served way too many croissants. Yeah. I just right. got overserved. That's what we're talking about, kids. Late at night, you decide, I'm going to do something crazy. So for me, let's say this happened to me, hypothetically, really late <laughs> at night, things are getting crazy. What do I want to do? I want to go get tacos. Sure. That's what I would do. Obviously. A woman in Omaha said in a similar situation, it's been wild. It's been fun. I'm feeling kind of crazy after my Halloween party. I don't want tacos. I want to break into a zoo (laughs) and I want to, I want to pet an 18 year old Malayan tiger that only has three legs. Typical. This sounds like a setup for a future Cameron Halloween costume. (laughs) Unfortunately, she was bitten uh, quite dramatically. Cameron, you listening? I am. Yep. Yep. Uh, She was brought to a medical center at 720 AM. So that's, that's how much fun she was having. Wow. Long night, yeah. Still quite aggressive and uh, the appearance <laughs> of being maybe intoxicated in some way. The crazy thing is, is now she might lose a limb. Oh, <laughs> irony. So you've got a three-legged tiger biting a woman oh. who now will only have one hand. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're out with a bunch of friends, right? It gets really late. You notice that one of your friends is like a little crazier than everyone else. And she's like, hey, guys, I'm going to peel off from the group. <laughs> Go break into a zoo and pet a tiger. And you're like, yeah, see you later. Just Uber yourself home. Classic Shauna. I mean, it's kind of like the movie, The the Hangover. Yeah. The tiger, right. the tiger situation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I can see it happening as a big group. Like everyone's just egging. Wouldn't it be crazy if and all of a sudden you're standing there in the tiger pit? Like I get that. I could see how it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, again, not talking from experience. I just know that's how people I, end up in tiger pits with a big group of people. If she did it alone, she's got a big, she's, she might have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm so curious about, right? Because, and, and also maybe a friend problem, right? Her friends right. are like, yeah. sure, pumpkin, yeah. just have a great night. Just stay safe, you know? Sure. You'll feel free to go break into a zoo. We're going to go get tacos. Are there, were there um, security cameras at the zoo? Because I kind of would love to see the footage. I don't, I don't think there were, but there are some pretty serious questions being asked about this, the whole security process at the zoo. My, my question, again, goes back to the friend group it's like because if she wandered off alone it's not like she just like just started wandering and ended up in the tiger pit like she went there intentionally and she probably told one of her friends and was her friend just like hey does anyone see rachel i i remember her (laughs) saying either she was going to get tacos or she was going to crawl in a pit with a live three-legged tiger i can't remember which should we follow up with her (laughs) i'll figure we'll 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 give her a call around 7 30 make sure everything worked out okay i feel like this is part of like the code right like i don't i don't go out like i mean i was i had a house full of three-year-olds at 7 p.m and then shut it all down so my halloween does not look like this anymore but um i feel like one of the things you do when you go out is you know you make sure like oh i don't like that guy let's make sure our friend who's had a couple too many drinks stays away from him let's you know extract people from various vaguely dangerous situations no i think this has to go solo because she was thinking to herself 
that's a that's a three legged tiger. I could I'm safe. It can't chase me. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know? Seriously. She's thinking like, you know what? It would be epic to Instagram petting a tiger. People won't know it has three legs. I'm gonna <laughs> do this. And it's safe because it can't move very fast. That's right. what she's thinking. She's talked herself into it. She's gonna go off, she's gonna Instagram it and like wow her friends. I think that's what the plan was. I think she's I do just, think she I do think solo. Instagram and Facebook are are kind of the catalyst to like People just doing crazy stuff because they just want that picture. And you yeah. know what? If it's the risking of losing a limb, you know what? so be it. You know it. what? If she tweeted a picture of her petting a, a tiger, I'd, I would have hearted that thing. <laughs> I, I would absolutely would have hearted it. I wouldn't agree with her lo- with your logic, though, Cameron, that just because it has three legs, it's not fast. It still has one more leg than I do. I'm saying <laughs> that, was, that was her logic. She was obviously wrong. I'm just saying that was probably where her head went. I'm also like, what kind of zoo is this? Because I feel like every zoo I've gone to, generally things that can like rip off a limb are behind glass am i well, also at night no also at night don't they live in like a different area than they are in the day yeah that that's true there's you usually know? yeah there's usually an open kind of roaming area and then at night they bring them in they feed them yeah and, feed them yeah well yeah. At the, the thing is at this particular zoo at night they just let them roam the uh, taco area which yeah. is yeah. <laughs> apparently apparently so that's apparently security was not particularly difficult for her oh man that's good all right well that'll do it for slices uh stay tuned up next Matt Marr and John Guerra. Tell me why does my heart burn when I see your face? You have made your decision, put me in my place. And the lies you've been hiding, taking up your space. Tell me why does my heart burn this way when I see your face? Swallowing all of my pride Wonder where this part of you came from It was hidden in the shallow of your eyes And tell me why does my heart burn When I see your face You have Listen to Wafia. The song is Heartburn. Love it. This week's uh, performance is brought to you by Harry's. Now, guys, it's it's November. Yeah. So you know what that means? It's Movember. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you know what Movember is? is where guys sure. grow mustaches uh, to raise awareness and money for men's health issues. Mm-hmm. I, I shall not be participating in said <laughs> mustache campaign, though I'm all for men's health issues. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, that reminds me. It's a good tie-in. Uh, whether or not you do Movember, you should check out Harry's. Harry's is actually the official razor partner of Movember. No way. They are. That's yeah. cool. Harry's delivers a superior shave for an incredible price. Uh, they actually own their own German factory where they make their blades and they sell their products at factory direct prices. So they only cost a fraction of the big brands. Over a million guys have made the switch to Harry's and uh, it's easy to order on their website. It takes less than 30 seconds to place an order. Great customer service. And Harry's starter set is an amazing deal. You can use coupon code RELEVANT5 and get it for just $10. The starter set includes a razor handle, three blade cartridges, and your choice of shaving cream or foaming shave gel delivered right to your door. Shipping's free. And it's like super 
high. Like yeah. it's yeah. super nice. It's actually like, it's, better than the other stuff yeah, you're gonna it's, get. Like, it's heavy. Like it feels great to hold. Not like too heavy. No, perfect. The perfect amount of heavy. <laughs> That's right. Go to Harry's.com right now and uh, enter a coupon code Relevant Five. That's H A R R Y S dot com. Get five bucks off your first order at Harry's. Matt Marr and John Guerra are currently on tour together. It's the Saints and Sinners tour, and they got a couple more months on it. Hmm. Uh, they recently came through uh, Orlando and stopped by our studio to perform a couple of songs. They've collaborated and written a bunch of songs together, so yeah. we thought it'd be cool to hear them perform uh, some of their favorites. Performing Stained Glass from John's album Little Songs, here is Matt Marr and John Guerra. I'm from Chicago, and a lot of the old buildings in Chicago, there's this relic of medieval artistry called the stained glass window. You walk in and during a certain time of day, you can see the light pouring in through this beautiful tapestry of broken glass. And a lot of people don't think about it, but to get the beauty of a stained glass window, you need two things that are normally considered useless, broken glass and discolored glass. So in and of themselves, broken glass is useless. You see it in the ground, you're like, stay away, keep your kids away, throw it away. But put that into the hands of an artist put that in front of a light source and it becomes more beautiful than it ever could have been before. And we thought that was like a perfect image for, it sort of came out, it wasn't, we didn't set out with that image, it just sort of like happened upon us. Yeah, I think it sort of evolved out of the conversation. And the interesting thing too is that like a stained glass window, it only looks good on the inside. Yes. Like from right. the outside, right. it just looks kind of dull. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because totally. Because you have to sort of get inside to see how the light's hitting it. And I think that's a great, analogy about the interior life of a person mm. you know especially in the kind of day and age in which we live where so much is sort of you know objectively uh, we we say it's objective but it's sort of like we make all these sort of judgments and value value calls about people that's right you know what i mean and right. i think that's the whole point of like you know in some ways jesus because he wants to get to know people from the inside yep it's not a meritocracy with him right he's like i want to know I want a circumcision of the heart. Yeah. I don't want to hear your words. I don't want your whitewashed tombs. I want... Exactly. Yes. We should play a song. Yep. Stained glass. All my days I've been wearing the mistakes I've made like a coat I could have thrown away Should have brought it to you All my pain Like a fire burning in the rain Like a stain I couldn't wash away should have brought it to you Show me what you see When you look at me Show me what is real More than what I feel We have stains, it's true But when your light shines through We all look like stained glass All my fears 
I've got one for every single tear Like a flood that's rushing through these ears Bring it all to you Cause we both know I've been barely holding on to hope Like a sneaker with a worn out soul I bring it all to you I bring it all to you Show me what you see When you look at me Show me what is real More than what I fear We have stayed it's true But when your light shines through We all look like stained glass windows to you We all look like stained glass windows So shine, shine, shine That was Matt Marr and John Guerra. Stay tuned. Up next, Sarah Bessie. Listening to Nico Yarian, 
The song is Just Tell Me. Sarah Bessie is the author of Jesus Feminist and a pretty famous blogger. Uh, she has a new book out called Out of Sorts, which helps us grapple with core Christian issues using a mixture of beautiful storytelling and biblical teaching, uh, a style well described as narrative theology. Huh. Narrative theology. I narrative, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. The book gently helps uh, teach us how to be as comfortable with uncertainty as we are with solid answers. And as we learn to hold questions in one hand and answers in the other, we discover new depths of faith that will remain secure even through the storms of life. Hmm. Our very own Dargan Thompson spoke with her. Here is Sarah Bessie. What made you want to write this book? Well, I think that one of the, the big reasons why I wanted to write it is because um, it's such a such a, a tender time in people's lives, I feel, and it certainly was for me. And I really um, was thinking about what were some of the things that I wish someone would have said to me when I was sort of in this season of wandering, in this season of, um, you know, kind of being in the wilderness a little bit is kind of what I call it, um, because I'm nothing if not a bit overdramatic. <laughs> and so I ended up, um, you know, as I was kind of traveling and meeting people and um, conversations were, were kind of developing, people were always sort of asking, you know, how, how did you end up back at church? And how did you end up, you know, sort of returning almost to so many areas of, uh, of faith where you had grappled and kind of walked away and then come back and just kind of this dance that happens. And um, yeah, so I mean, as, as I was kind of uh, writing through it and, and wrestling with it myself, and then of course now being, you know, 10 or 15 years on the other side of it, um, I think a big part of what I wanted to write in the book and why I wanted to uh, put it forward was I, I suppose I just wanted to leave a light on, you know, for the ones who are either in that, that season of life or headed into it um, or know someone who is in, in that season of life. It's a, it's a difficult time and yet a really uh, sacred time. Yeah, and you kind of touch on like that it's it's an ongoing process. It's not like you go through it once and then your faith has changed and you keep going. Um. <laughs> I really I really wish I could tell people that was the case. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I have found that my catalog of right answers continues to diminish by the year, it seems. But um, yeah, I, I think that sometimes we, we think that, um, you know, we'll somehow arrive you know, and, and everything will be settled and we'll have, you know, this neat three ring binder with all these, you know, carefully thought out answers. But instead, I have found that uh, or as the years go by, um, we are always transforming. We are always evolving. We are always changing. I mean, it's, again, you know, Jesus is the one who never changes, um, but we are always changing in response to that, um, always being transformed. And I think that sometimes we can think that that's a bit of a scary thing. Um, but I mean, honestly, I have spoken to people across almost every generation and I feel like everybody goes through that. They have this time when they're kind of in this liminal space of being between what they once really thought and yet they're not quite where they think they might end up. But even when you get where on the other side of that, um, you know, there's likely still some change and some shifting and some thinking and, and uh, transformation that still awaits, hopefully, in every stage of our life. I think that, you know, stagnation is never the goal. You know, in learning how to navigate that, I feel like there's either a tendency to just kind of push those doubts aside, uh, which the church tends to do a lot of times, just say, oh, that doesn't matter, I'm going to ignore it and just keep doing what I'm doing, or to, on the other hand, turn completely away from faith and just walk away and say, this is too hard. Um, 
How do you think we kind of navigate like the tension of having those questions, not necessarily having uh, complete answers, but just holding faith and walking in that? Well, I think that that's, that's part of it as well. I mean, I think that, that all of those things are almost stages in that journey. I mean, I know I look back on, on my own life and there have been times when I thought that I was walking away entirely you know, from the church or from Christianity or from, you know, calling myself a Christian or whatever it was, um, you know, and, and it can feel really satisfying for a time to be like, nope, that's not me. I totally am separating, you know, and then on the on the flip side, I mean, there's also a real uh, temptation at times just to kind of stick your fingers in your ears and it's fine, we're fine, everything's fine. Um, you know, and I think that those are all have their place. You know, I think that there's there's times when sometimes maybe you need to do one or both of those things. Um, but I think the the issue is stagnating or remaining there. I think that God meets you in in all of those places, uh, all of those shifts and changes. And um, and you might be surprised. You know what? I think that I was no one was more surprised than me to find that my journey ended up taking me far from where I had started. And yet all I ended up doing was kind of corkscrewing around uh, and come, kind of returning back to where I was but with fresh eyes and a new way to see it, a uh, new encounter, um, completely different perspective on it, um, and, and probably a lot more, um, I suppose, grace, not only for myself, but even for everybody who was kind of on the journey alongside at the same time as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's definitely definitely not an either-or you know, proposition, and we probably will do a bit of both in our lifetimes. We'll probably do a bit of staying, and we'll do a bit of leaving, and, and that's, you know, that's just kind of part of the story. What do you kind of hope that people take away from this book? You know, I think probably the thing that I would most want people to walk away from it with is, is first of all, with permission. You know, I'd love for people to to feel permission to actually go there, um, you know, to, to sort of lean into their doubts, lean into their questions, lean into the places of pain and grief or shifting instead of, you know, living a life of spiritual or, or intellectual dishonesty and just kind of pretending it's all fine. So I think that, you know, giving people permission to lean into those spaces is, is really vital and important. Um, but the other thing that I, the other two things that I would really, my, my heart in the book and what my longing is, is it's now kind of going out into the world and away from me, which is just amazing when you work on something so long and all of a sudden it's going out into the world, um, is that I would love for people to know that they don't need to be afraid and that they are really deeply loved. And that to me is probably the foundation of the book is that you don't need to be afraid that Jesus is just as present in the liminal spaces and in the wandering and in the questions and in your doubts, and that the Spirit will meet you there just as much as the Spirit met you in your in your days of certainty and know-it-allness and all those other things. And then on the other hand, that that's because you are so incredibly and deeply and profoundly loved by God. And so there is safety in that. You cannot outrun the grace of God, and there is space in there for you. That was Sarah Bessie. Her new book is Out of Sorts, and it's out now.
listening to Autograph featuring Janelle Kroll. The song is Metaphysical. It's a cool song. Yeah, it is. Well, when Matt and uh, John came through the studio, they did a couple songs for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to get one off of Matt's album as well. Yeah. So performing the song Instrument from Matt Marr's album Saints and Sinners. Here is Matt Marr and John Guerra. One of my, one of my favorite characters in, in the story of the church is St. Francis of Assisi. And um, I was working on trying to set the prayer of St. Francis with music and uh, ended up kind of working on this song with John Foreman and uh, really just looking at this prayer. I think it's a very timely prayer for the world that we live in today that with the platforms that each and every one of us have, because if you, if you have a Facebook page, if you have a Twitter account, if you have friends, you have a platform. And um, I just love the idea of, uh, of this humble man who took a vow of poverty and a couple of hundred years later, we're still talking about him. And at the heart of it, he just said, um, you know, there's this prayer that was and sounded like him. He actually didn't write it. Um, it was written at a church in France a couple of hundred years later. But someone said, man, that sounds a lot like St. Francis of, uh, of saying that where there's hatred, I would sow, I would sow love. Where there's doubt, I would sow faith. Um, I think it's a great reminder um, of just the power and the influence of our words. Lord Let me sow your love Where there's injury Let forgiveness be enough Forgiveness be enough Are we giving up Fighting the good fight Where there is despair Just a flicker in the flame Could break the veil of night To the Father and the Son Let me be your instrument Let me be your instrument May I never seek To be consoled But to console To be loved is to love To be loved is to love To the Father and the Son 
myself Though I'm broken and spent Let me be your instrument Oh, praise Him That was Matt Marr and John Guerra. Find out more about each of their albums and their current Saints and Sinners tour at mattmarrmusic.com and johnguerramusic.com. Stay tuned. Next, feedback. listening to Crystal Fighters. The song is At Home. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, we got talking about the news that Jimmy Fallon is getting his own ride at Universal uh, Orlando. It's yeah. uh, like a race through New York ride. And it, it dawned on us, it's, is this the first like ride, uh, attraction ride that's based off a real person and not like a movie character? Uh, this might be groundbreaking. And it yeah. just got us thinking, well, well, now that that wall's been broken... We need to rethink the whole ride strategy here. Uh, we asked you guys for the question of the week. What are some theme park rides that need to exist? Uh, need to exist. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast uh, and told us your ideas. Here's a few of our favorites. Gregor said, toll booth operator, the ride. <laughs> you hand out lollipops and dog biscuits at the toll booth, but be careful not to pay anyone's tolls or you'll be heartlessly ejected from the ride permanently. I added heartlessly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I heart that that one. <laughs> Stacy Hausler says, uh, I, "I think this is a show. I don't know, but uh, she says Nick Willinda's Walk of Faith. It's kind of like uh, think of Indiana Jones's uh, Leap of Faith in the Last Crusade. That step, oh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Joel Osteen cheering and goosebumps. So I don't know if it's a show, like a stunt show, or yeah, if like you a- actually have to take this the Leap of Faith. Either way, I'm in. Maybe it's a virtual reality Willinda thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the valet, the ride. We knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> like a whole modern theme park attraction." This, this this ride starts out as a simple parking cars in a Hollywood attraction. So it's got a twist, which is good for any ride. Until that fateful moment <laughs> where everything goes wrong and wait for it, you get blocked in. <laughs> Featuring multiple slow-mo sections, excellent beep-beep sound effects, and plenty of leather jackets. This is one you won't want to miss. I'm assuming <laughs> they'd build the entire park around this. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's Obviously. That's a landmark. Uh, Joy, most of our Twitter feed this week was people sympathizing for how mercilessly they <laughs> teased you last week. Hey, I just had some little bits of summer sausage in my breakfast this morning. I'm still going through that stuff. That's amazing. I'm never going back to Costco. <laughs> should, should we address the laugh track feedback? Yeah, yeah. One of the yeah. one of the listeners took uh, segments of the show and put a laugh track to it and oh. uh, posted it. We retweeted it on Monday or Tuesday this past week, uh, and then people have been talking about that. But the show sound, our podcast sounds a lot different with an audience laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it lasts three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw the SoundCloud uh, thing said two colon thirty eight, and I thought, oh no. He did the whole show. <laughs> it was two minutes and 38 oh, seconds. So, yeah. Thanks a yeah. lot. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it uh, for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier we were talking about Craigslist yeah. and how Joy, I mean, just by the skin of her teeth. Narrowly escaped yeah, murder. Got, got out of there. Barely made it here this morning. They yeah. probably were trying, they wanted to have the skin off her teeth. They, they probably <laughs> have like a collection of all the collection of teeth skin. Yeah. What is that saying? It, like, was, it was weird. There was one point where they were like, can we see how many fillings you have? <laughs> oh. I had a root canal. That's like, it's pretty awful. Oh yeah. How was that? I don't know. First time I ever had one. It, I didn't get what the big deal was. I was in and out in 10 minutes. And the guy was like, this is done. Oh. I've been avoiding going to the dentist for a while because I can't like find a good one. <laughs> you know, I could have all manner of dental problems that I don't know about because I just stopped going because I went to this guy, the one that was like, I was like, you know what? I'm, I, this is frustrating because you're calling, you're trying to figure out insurance. It's a whole thing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the one closest to my house. That settles it. <laughs> That's going to be my method. Right. So I go there. And and I and I I'm sitting in the lobby and I know it's not the greatest place. It's not like the the most sanitary facility because the, the 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 furniture in there is lawn furniture. Oh, perfect! <laughs> it's like plastic chairs. Which, no look, way. Look, I'm like you know it's look, it's not that big a deal, you know. And then I go and they, and they're like, all right, well we'll start a file. They didn't have computers. It was actual files. Ooh, nice. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know what? That's I, I I can appreciate frugality. You know, who needs flat screens yeah. and yeah. And, and computers they're like my old pa- They're just going to pass that cost on to you. Exactly. Yeah. There's a reason that there's yeah. no deductible It's like Spirit here. Airlines. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, so, I, so I wait. It finally get a call back. There's not a lot of people here. That's what I didn't understand. Like, there's only like one other person in the waiting room. And I haven't seen anyone going back or coming in. So something's <laughs> not right here. So 15 minutes after the appointment time, they call me back. I go in there. And it looks like a, a dentist chair out of like a Soviet prison. Ever seen a horror movie where they strap someone to one of those like 
horizontal <laughs> tables. Yeah. And, and and then like the crazy guy starts like torturing them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I felt like I was about to like experiments were about to happen on me. <laughs> and then I'm looking around. I'm like, there's something's not right here. Something is. Not, I, I got a bad. You had that same kind of intuition thing that Joy had. Yeah. And then another guy walked into the room. <laughs> turns out doesn't speak English. I stabbed him with sta- that. I burned the office down to the ground. And I took their pouches. I'll tell you this. I sold them on Craigslist. I made eight hundred dollars. <laughs> my wooden house no so so i'm like looking around i'm in the chair and i'm like something something ain't right something ain't right you know i'm just i'm psyching myself out because i hate the dentist and i'm looking at the posters on the wall and it's like bill cosby and there's one that's like uh, uh jerry seinfeld and they're like dental posters and i'm like these were these posters these like dental hygiene promotional posters were made in like the early nineties, like when Seinfeld was in his prime. Like, and they're not kitschy. They're not ironic. These haven't been updated. And I, so I'm like waiting there. It's half hour past time. And I just get up. I, I get up from the chair. You really and, did. And the hygienist is like, where are you going? And I'm like, you know, I, I, I just, I got something I got to be at. We're running late. I'm leaving. I, I got up from the dentist chair. I took the little bib off and I just, I, Joy, I had your moment. Yes. <laughs> I had a moment of like, something ain't right here. She's like, yeah. well, the dentist is, listen, he's stuck in rush hour traffic. <gasps> He'll be here any minute. He it wasn't, wasn't even there. there. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. I go, I get the files. I'm walking out the door. I see this guy pull up in like <laughs> this old SUV. He's got a lab coat on. Okay. Yeah. And he's got all these, he comes out of his truck and he's got all these big milk jugs full of weird colored fluids. And he's like oh. busting in there. I got out of there, never looked back. Like I said, Joy, I that was the moment. I, I kind of relate to you because it's probably almost murdered. I think that counts as almost murdered. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. You haven't been to the dentist since. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't eaten solid food since then either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a decent segue to the question of the week. Uh, that, that creepy thing. So... You know, Joy had an experience similar to his dentistry experience uh, in her Craigslist encounter. We thought maybe not a ton of people uh, out there have had uh, memorable Craigslist experiences, but those of you who have probably have some pretty great stories. So that's the question of the week. We want to know your Craigslist encounter stories and or strategies that you employ whenever you engage somebody on Craigslist, like to avoid the joy situation. I I need those stories because I want to feel less alone in this world. And also, if you happen to have a couch that you want to give me, (laughs) be be in touch. Find me on uh, Miss Connection on Craigslist. Give me. She knows, and we all know now, she has an $800 budget. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, you guys can post your stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com or you can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and we will re- uh, read our favorites next week. Many thanks to Bright Peak Financial for sponsoring the show this week. Remember to visit brightpeakfinancial.com slash simple living to take the 14-day simple living challenge and uh, get two weeks of practical daily activities that can help you find more balance, freedom, and joy. Uh, And also thanks to Harry's. You can go to harrys.com right now uh, and uh, take part of our special offer. Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with coupon code RELEVANT5 at checkout. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com into RELEVANT5. Thanks to Matt Maher and John Guerra for coming through. Remember Matt Maher's album Saints and Sinners is out now. And John Guerra's album Little Songs is also out now. Um, Go check them out. They're great. And thanks also to Sarah Bessie for talking to us. Make sure to uh, find her book, Out of Sorts. You can uh, find out more at sarahbessie.com. If you want to see extracts of this show, uh, we don't have the performances this week. 
uh, uh, because of uh, label licensing, uh, licensing right. issues. Uh, but you can go back and watch the Hillsong videos again if you want. Those sure. are pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go check out the YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash relevant, and also over at relevant.tv. And uh, make sure to get the magazine. You can go to relevantmagazine.com right now and subscribe. It's only a buck a month, and you'll get the paper magazine, the iPad, all the digital access, and uh, we think you'll like it. On that note, we will wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm, I'm Justin Gary. Gary. <laughs> yes. Every time. Every time. That's my favorite. That's who, my... Go, who goes first? Let's clear this up right Jesse, now. Jesse, why don't yeah. you go first? Okay. And then, Joy, you go. We'll go in order. We're going in, in uh, seniority. Yeah, tenure. Yeah. yeah. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Joy Eggrich. I'm Shauna Nequist. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Whenever I get into an Uber, I have a steak knife.